Hello. Hello. And welcome back to What, what the, Death the Death podcast. Wow. We had such a wonderful discussion last week talking about our language. And after that, we had quite a few questions that came in talking about your experience with hearing aids and what it's like to be able to hear a little bit in this world. And when you take out your hearing aids, can you still hear? Yeah, we got a lot of great questions related to this topic. And really for me, I got my first hearing aid at the age of three when that surgery happened to me. Uh, my parents gave me a hearing aid. And I don't really remember that time too much because I was so young, but I do remember the first time I had to change into a new hearing aid. I was not happy. I did not want a new hearing aid. I was so used to my old one, but my mom bribed me with a laptop. I mean, you can only imagine me being a first grader wanting that laptop. So I was like, okay, fine. I changed and got a new hearing aid and holy cow, it was an adjustment for me because the new hearing aid, when you're used to one and then you get a new one, it sounds different. So I was really exposed to a lot of new sounds with this new hearing aid. And without my hearing aid, I cannot hear anything. I am profoundly deaf. And my right ear is completely unaidable with no hearing aid will help. I'm completely deaf. My left side, it's really about 80% loss. Well, really 80 decibel loss. And with the hearing aid, I can hear pretty well. So when I received my new hearing aid, I remember I was hearing something like in the background and my dad said, oh, that's a bird chirping. And I looked at him and I said, I never heard that before. So I kind of became overwhelmed with all the new sounds. And then after a while, my body and mind finally became accustomed to the new hearing aid. So I've been wearing hearing aids ever since I was three, and it's always hard for me to change to a new hearing aid because I have to readjust and relearn, and I would spend hours in the audiologist's room making sure my hearing aid was sounding perfect. And sometimes with a new hearing aid, it'll sound muffled, and I, I just have to focus really hard to make sure the sound is perfect. And it's always the hard part when you adjust to a new hearing aid. So... I remember a long time ago when they thought that hearing aids would be effective for me and I tried to feed it to the dog because I know myself and it didn't work. So I fed it to the dog. <laughs> Funny enough, I did the same thing when I got a new hearing aid. I didn't want to wear it. So I put it on the coffee table and left it there. And the next thing I know, my parents were hearing a crunch, crunch sound and they were like, oh my God. And my hearing aid had bite marks on it, but it still worked. So I used that hearing aid for like five years with the holes in it. It's awesome for deaf kids. Instead of telling the teacher that my dog ate my homework, we say the dog ate my hearing aid. So I can't hear you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but you know, a lot of parents who are hearing and they have a child who is born deaf, of course, their natural instinct is to want to make sure that they provide their child with everything to fit into society and to make their child perfect in their eyes. And with a deaf child, I see a lot of hearing parents say, okay, what can I do to fix the child? Hearing aids are effective for a lot of deaf and hard of hearing students. I have a ton of friends who use hearing aids and they can talk really well. But some parents, they forget that even though you utilize hearing aids, cochlear implants or anything, once those devices are removed, the child is still deaf. So how can parents handle that aspect of teaching their child that it's okay to be deaf in this world 
instead of making them feel like once I take out my devices, I can't fit into society. I'm in the wrong or I'm different. Again, I'm not a parent, so I can't sit here and preach to parents on how to raise a deaf child the right way. I mean, they're first a child and then second, they're a deaf child. So I see a lot of deaf children and their journeys within hearing families. It really varies. I know that your parents are hearing, so I would love to hear what your journey was like and what your parents did when they first had you. And then the surgery happened and they found out that you became deaf and decided to use hearing aids and schools and your whole journey. I would love to hear your thoughts and your perspective on how your parents handled the situations. Well, again, I'm the only one who's deaf in my family. So my parents had no idea what to do when that happened to me when I was three. Luckily, my mom is a researcher. So she wanted to gather all the information she could and base her decision on everything she received. So I started in private school with no interpreter and no sign language. I just attended that school. And I couldn't really get into school. I didn't understand the teachers, the students. You can only imagine a classroom filled with 30 students plus a teacher who spoke. Plus, I relied a lot on lip reading. So when the teacher was writing on the whiteboard and turned around, I couldn't read her lips. So everything went over my head. So instead of learning, you worked harder to just try to understand. Right. Exactly. And they were noticing I couldn't understand anything. So I decided to get a little black speaker FM system to help me hear. But it only made it worse. Everything was muffled and I still couldn't understand. To the point where my teacher went up to my parents and said, we want to hold back your daughter one more year, repeat first grade again. And at that point, my mom's like, no, she is not dumb. And I even went home to my parents and said, mom and dad, I'm the dumbest one in class. I don't understand anything. So my mom decided to roll up her sleeves and research and figure out what the best option for me would be. And it got to the point where my parents thought maybe it's best for a deaf family to adopt me. Wow. They didn't know. And so my mom researched oral schools to see if that would help me. She researched other options as well. And my parents' vision, they wanted to give me options. They didn't want to select one mode of communication for me. They wanted to give me everything and wanted to give me the opportunity to hear as much sound as I can, wanted to give me the opportunity to learn a language. So they found a school that had a tripod program with teachers that sign and spoke. And we had deaf and hearing and hard of hearing students all in the classroom integrated. And my mom decided to go ahead and place me there in that school because she wanted me to be exposed to both modes of communication. And I'm so grateful for that. And that is where I realized I am not alone. There are other kids with hearing aids, other kids who are deaf or hard of hearing or even hearing. And they didn't look at me like I was different. We were all in one classroom and we were learning as students, not as deaf students or as hearing students. And so that opportunity really impacted my life. And, and I went from being the dumbest one in class to becoming a leader in the classroom because of that school. And it changed my life. So I'm curious. In a previous episode, you mentioned that you finally found your deaf identity at Gaeta University. So what made Gaeta University the place where you found your deaf identity compared to the school that had the program where you had a variety of different students in the school? 
I think for Gallaudet University, it's because it was predominantly deaf. And in my elementary school, I still had the choice of deciding when I wanted to talk, deciding what I wanted to sign, or even SimCom. I played around with my identity there. And I could decide which mode of communication that I wanted to use. But at Gallaudet, I could just be deaf and be Sarah and not have to decide which world I want to be a part of, which community I want to pick. And that's when I realized this is a world that fits me. It's a world that I've been craving for so long. It's a community that allows me to just be me without worrying about which society I want to pick and fit into. So that was the difference between my elementary school education and that experience of realizing, oh, I'm not alone, to Gallaudet, where I really got in touch with my deaf identity. And that was a huge difference for me. What differences have you noticed after going to Gallaudet University and then going back to a mainstream hearing world? Before, when you combined both your worlds, you ignored your deaf identity or tried to exclude it and shifted yourself to the hearing world. So now going to Gaeta and finding your deaf identity and your authenticity, and now coming back to a mainstream hearing world, what differences have you noticed? Uh, first, I'm going to back up a little bit and explain because elementary school is great, middle school, and then I got into high school. You know, middle school and high school is really that awkward time. In- the awkward phase. Right. <laughs> so my awkward phase was related with rejecting my deaf side and ignoring my interpreters and not wanting to be a part of a world and seem different. At elementary school, we were all kids. Nobody worries about that awkward phase. We all interacted with each other. Middle school and high school, people start to really analyze themselves and start to unpack things. And I did neglect my deaf identity because I wanted to fit in and pick the hearing world over my deaf world. So then I got into Gallaudet and discovered my deaf identity. And I met you and I met other strong deaf individuals in our community. And with all of that wonderful experience, I brought that back with me to this day. And it's my strength as a deaf woman and acknowledging who I am. And also what my needs are as a deaf woman. And I also realized I made that decision too. It's not entirely their fault for not signing or for the little things. I also contributed to that choice by deciding for them. And so Gallaudet helped me acknowledge that and acknowledge a lot of things that I've done in my past that I'm still working on. But it gave me my strength and my community and my home. And that was a big thing for me. That's amazing for me to watch because from my upbringing and my experiences with my friends who are deaf, but who are able to speak like you, they also went to a deaf school. And so watching their journey is completely different than yours. And it's amazing to compare and see how powerful it is for every deaf child to find their deaf identity within the world. So that's a message I want to send for parents. No matter if your child wears hearing aids, cochlear implants, they speak proficiently, they're exposed to the hearing world, that's great. But also expose them to the deaf world because that's where they can find a place to call home and 
they'll become more confident in their identity. And by being confident, that's what's going to make them successful in their life. And so a lot of my friends who can talk well, they went to a deaf school. So they're already in their own world. But something that I've noticed, typically they don't bring both worlds together. They either hang out with deaf people from the deaf school and they go out together with just deaf friends or they get together with their hearing friends and that's it. They keep those two worlds separate instead of bringing them together and putting themselves in an awkward position of navigating both communities while you've been in that position your entire life on how to bring both worlds together and build that bridge with both communities. And then you got involved with the deaf world and realized, oh, okay, how do I become a confident deaf woman and still be a part of both worlds. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because I growing up, I didn't mind that. I didn't mind being a bridge to both worlds and introducing both worlds together. Again, it was just a part of me growing up. And I think over time, I really started unpacking and discovering why that is. And it's through going to Gallaudet and going to my other schools too, because actually after Gallaudet, I did transfer to another university where it was all hearing students. And I transferred school. Then I went to a college that there were no deaf students. And that was a culture shock for me. You can only imagine, I just found my deaf identity. And then I felt like I went back to not being so confident and trying to fit in again. And it was really hard because, in co- well, growing up, I always bridged both worlds together, always. I was always a part of both worlds. And then I went to a mainstream university and I missed my home, my feeling of safety. And it made me really miss my community so much. Well, for me... I started going to a deaf school when I was in about fifth grade. But before that, I attended a mainstream school. But luckily, I had five other deaf students with me. But I was the only deaf child that had a deaf family. So, and I remember I felt like I was living the dream life because every weekend, one of those friends would come over to my house to spend the night just to be exposed to a deaf family and their parents would see my parents as their role model. And I think in everyone's life, it's so important for somebody to have a role model who gives them purpose of life and to pursue their goals, their dreams, or do whatever it is that you want. And so for those students who had hearing parents, of course, they're, they're always going to be their parents always. That's, Number one, it's their parents are going to be their parents. But for them to have a deaf role model to look up to and know that there are deaf people out there who are very successful in the world. And so for me, it was a bonus because I'm like, yes, I got some friends coming over to spend the night. But really the intended purpose was for them to be exposed to my parents and have that deaf family to grow up with. And to this day, I am still great friends with those students and I'm forever grateful. And also their parents actually influenced my parents to be advocates for deaf children in a big mainstream setting with interpreters and who's qualified enough to become an interpreter. Their parents had that power because they're already a part of that hearing society. And so they were able to help each other. And that's what made our families 
just a beautiful one. Yeah. And your parents, they are a huge part of my life. And like you said about deaf role models, your parents are mine. My parents, I absolutely love and adore their support. They gave me everything. And my parents still kind of sign. But that's the one thing I wish my parents did when I was growing up was sign with me. I miss that communication access at home. Everything else my parents did, though, was amazing. I am so grateful for my parents to expose me to both worlds. And I'm just so grateful for your family and your parents, especially because every time that I go to Nebraska, I get so excited because the communication is there and we can just socialize. And I don't feel like I'm just stuck with you. And I just feel like we can just be ourselves and be best friends and not have to facilitate conversation. I just feel like it's home. Your parents are my role models and I look up to them all the time. And they're my second family. They contribute so much to my life and my identity and our 10 years of friendship. I am just forever grateful for your parents and your family. So if you could put together one sentence that you could say to hearing parents who just had a deaf child, what would that sentence be? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the biggest thing is there's nothing wrong with being deaf. We don't have to be fixed. We are capable of doing anything hearing people can do. And just look at us like we're normal human beings and love us and support us and give us the opportunity to grow and shine in this world because we can. Our community is really beautiful. And it's one that truly invites hearing parents to be a part of. It helps them find their journeys through raising a deaf child and being a part of a brand new culture. And I think that's such a beautiful journey for parents, even though right now it might seem scary. You're learning a brand new language and life is full of unknowns. What's it like to live in a world without being capable of hearing? Or what's it like to live in a world where you're viewed at as different every single day? But the community there is very welcoming for you guys to be a part of and be a part of this fun journey called life. And like you and I had this discussion the other day and I said, it doesn't matter how many resources we can provide talking about deaf culture, deaf communities, and which school your child should attend, or what's the best way to raise your deaf child. It comes down to the parent's mindset. And again, I can't speak for other parents because I'm not a parent myself, but their mindset of viewing their kid as different or wanting to fix them and make them a perfect one or having the picture perfect family vision in your mind, you're going to forget about all those resources that you have right in front of your eyes. And one quote that I live by that my parents told me, it is my mantra. My mom always said, Sarah, I don't know why you have a crooked smile or why you wear a hearing aid, but this is your journey. Let's see what we can do with it. And that quote, this is your journey. Let's see what we can do with it. That phrase, it made me roll up my sleeves and realize I can't set my mind to do anything I want to do. I can do it. That feeling that my parents gave me from the beginning allowed me to really thrive and blossom and become who I am. 
And it gave me that freedom. So I can't thank my parents enough for that. That is such a powerful quote. Wow. And for those parents who have a child who is born deaf, the first thing that the doctor says to you is, sorry, your child failed the hearing test. So apparently I failed at the first thing I ever attempted in life. So you can only imagine how the parents are feeling. My child just failed. So it's all about perspective. And if one term changed and they approached it and said, your child is deaf, would that change the parent's perspective of like, oh, okay, so my child is deaf. Awesome. So how can I raise this child within the deaf community? Unfortunately, we don't live in a world that likes to change to positivity all the time. So again, it's up to the parents to shift their mindset, regardless of what society is telling you. Everyone's going to have a say on what the right way is to be a parent. What's the right way of being a woman? What's the right way of being deaf? What's the right way of being you as a person? So shift that mindset and know that every deaf child is going to have their own beautiful journey if you allow them to truly explore for their own identity. Expose them to everything in this world. And let's see what they can do with it. I hope this episode really revealed a lot to you guys. Again, there's no solution to this. We can just provide you resources and our experiences and our journeys, and you guys can decide what to do with it. But we just really appreciate you guys listening to us. And to you listeners who are currently looking for resources or currently looking for a deaf community to be a part of, please feel free to contact us through questions at whatthedeaf.com. We are more than happy to help you and welcome you to our community. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and rate, review, and comment. We would love to see all of your stories and your journeys in the comments below. See you next week. See you next week. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.